0: There's one task in life that every single human on the planet has in common, no matter who we are, what we do, or where we live, and that's figuring out what to eat daily. It's a recurring question that will never go away. When this episode drops, it's smack dab in the middle of the holiday season, a time when we are not only asking our usual question of what's for dinner, we're also planning all those extra holiday meals, whether it's a gathering for nibbles and drinks, making special food gifts for our students or friends, or planning a full-out holiday meal, sometimes for a large number of people. Since this podcast is about living life as an independent music teacher, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table, today's episode, number 48, leans toward the latter. We haven't talked about this topic since episode number four, Dinner Hour Meets Teaching Hour, where I shared tips on meal prep and planning. Today, we're going to chat about how to improve the way we keep all of our recipes organized. I'll walk you through some things to think about when considering a recipe management tool, and we'll also share about my favorite recipe app. Welcome to the Piano Pantry podcast, where together we live life as independent music teachers. I'm your host, Amy Chaplin. In this space, we talk about all things teacher life related, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table and all that comes between. You'll get loads of easily actionable tips on organizing and managing your studio while balancing life and home. I want you to start by thinking about what recipe formats you use. Online recipes, cookbook recipes, or handwritten recipes. Or maybe a combination. Once you name your go to recipe style, you can determine the best way to get yourself organized. Let's start with the old school end of things. Sorry to those of you out there that still use handwritten recipes. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm still going to use the term old school because with the online world now, well, you get it. If you like the handwritten version, if you don't already, consider condensing everything you have into one format whether it's recipe cards or a written recipe book. You might have to upgrade your storage unit a little, whether it's maybe getting a fresh set of recipe cards with dividers and a fun new storage container, or a new book that will hold all of your recipes that are handwritten in one place. Transfer all those single page printouts or random handwritten recipes into one singular location. If cookbooks are your jam, I wouldn't be so concerned about organizing the books themselves, unless you have, of course, tons and tons of them. (laughs) It's more about sitting down and coming up with a simple way of navigating through and saving your favorite selections without having to leaf through the entire book. Purchase a really good set of heavy-duty, sticky page tab markers, not puny little post-it notes. Choose a set that has at least three or more colors. Write out a little key for yourself, such as okay, pink tabs are going to be my mains, orange tabs are appetizers, green tabs are vegetables, blue tabs are casseroles. Now, don't feel like you have to go crazy with a gazillion categories, just consider what types of things you cook the most, and then maybe have one miscellaneous category tab or something like that. Just keep it simple. Now keep a stock of these same types of tabs and when i'm talking about tabs they're 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 kind of like almost vinyl ones you can buy them in packages and they're kind of sticky so you can literally just stick it to the page um and they're real thick so they're not going to bend on you like a simple post it would So you want to mark the pages in your cookbooks with these tabs and do it regularly so that when you're ready to navigate and find that recipe again, all you have to do is use your tab and not have to leaf through the book in the future. If you want to get crazy organized here, maybe even use a fine point permanent marker to write the name of the recipe on the tab. Ooh, (laughs) but it will be so much easier navigating and finding your favorites. If online recipes are what you do most these days, consider first of all, if you are a one or two site kind of person, like say, do you tend to get most of your recipes from Food Network or All Recipes, or maybe you have a membership to America's Test Kitchen and Cook's Country. In this case, it might be easiest for you to use their app or website to save your favorites. I would caution you though, to only do this if you really only do tend to get your recipes online from one or two places. I've subscribed to America's Test Kitchen for years. I used to save my favorites on their website, but found myself never navigating to the site to retrieve past recipes I liked, bringing us to this final and my best recommendation of the day. If you use primarily online recipes from lots of sites, or even a combination of online recipes and your own recipes, your best bet is going to be to find a program where you can save recipes from any website into one location, as well as import and manually type in your own recipes. So the idea is you would transfer your handwritten recipes into a digital recipe. So you can keep all of grandma's recipes and all of your newest recipes from your favorite websites In one location. Besides the benefit of having everything in one place, it also makes all of your recipes searchable in one place. For example, one way I love to do meal planning is to start with what needs to be used up. You can jump back and listen to episode number 32 called What Your Refrigerator and Stacks of Music Have in Common to hear more on this. For example, If I have a half can of pumpkin puree in the refrigerator, in my recipe app, I type in the word pumpkin, and every recipe I have that uses pumpkin will pop up. So you have to make sure that the search box is searching both the names of the recipe and the ingredients both, so that's just one heads up. Um, But if grandma's pumpkin bread is in your handwritten recipe box, you may not remember that it's there. This, I think, is the place where most of us get stuck these days. You might have a stack of recipe cards from family and friends over the years, a few favorite cookbooks, a handwritten recipe book that your bridesmaids put together for your wedding shower, and then all the online recipes you like, which maybe you've simply been printing out and putting in a three-ring binder over the years because you didn't really know how to save them. I know some of you are chuckling and nodding your head because you have this exact scenario going on in your kitchen. Doesn't it make you feel a little crazy? I went through this for several years until I finally made the leap into a recipe app. At first, I started with an app called Pepperplate. What I loved about it at first is that I could download recipes from any website into the app and edit the recipe on my own as I liked it and then saved the, it automatically saved the link to the original recipe for future reference if needed. After a few years, I noticed that the developers weren't keeping this particular app up to date, and it was starting to feel outdated and a little bit clunky. A quick search online confirmed that others were experiencing the same thing, and it didn't seem there were plans for future upgrades. A friend of mine had told me a year or two prior about an app called Paprika. I looked into it and liked what I saw, so I made the big switch and haven't looked back. From what I can see, it is one of the App Store's most downloaded recipe management apps. Today's episode is not about reviewing apps or telling you that the app I use is the one you should use, even though it's pretty great. What I do want to leave you with today is a solid list of features that you should consider when looking for an app you like. Essentially. These items are reasons that I fell in love with Paprika. First, you want to make sure that you can easily import recipes into the app from any website via the share function on your smartphone or tablet from multiple devices. Another important thing to me was that I could easily save not just from my device, but also from an internet browser on my desktop. For example, Paprika has a web browser clipper. It functions like an extension, but it's not really an extension. It's called a bookmarklet, which is kind of hard to say. Bookmarklet. I have it saved on my bookmarks bar. When you click it, it will automatically save the recipe to your paprika account. I posted a link to this app in the show notes just so you know if you want to check it out. Um, I also posted a link not only to the app itself, but to the bookmarklet as well. If you browse recipes just as much from your computer as your smartphone, this makes it much more functional. Paprika also happens to have a built-in browser in the app, so you could actually browse recipes on the internet while in the app and then download them directly. So make sure it's easy to save recipes from anywhere. Second, you'll want to be able to edit the recipe to your liking. At a minimum, be sure there is a place that you can make notes to yourself. Paprika allows you to edit any part of the recipe you like once it's imported. Ingredients, images, instructions, categories, or notes. You can rate recipes on a 5-star scale and create as many categories as you like. The categories behave like tags so that you can put one recipe under more than one category. That recipe could show up under casseroles or pasta, Mexican food or something like that. Third, as I mentioned earlier, you want to ensure that the program will allow you to manually add recipes so you can include your handwritten recipes in the storage space. The last big feature you'll want to have available is some way of saving or pinning recipes for quick reference in the app. Whether it's a favorites category or pinning them to the sidebar, or something like that. In my Paprika app, you can mark your favorite recipes by touching a heart in the recipe. I only use this feature for recipes I'm making for the week. I consider this my meal planner. I then remove the heart after I've made the recipe. Since it has the ability to rate recipes, I use that as a way of showing favorites. The last feature, or the last three features, I should say, that you should consider are somewhat optional, depending on how your brain works and how you want this tool to work for you. That is a grocery list feature and a meal planning feature. Most recipe management apps include these features anymore. I love the grocery list because when you are in a recipe, you can click on the grocery list icon, which will bring up all the items that are needed for that recipe, and then you can select only the items that you need to get at the store and add them to your grocery list. And it will then enter them for you. I also love that it will show me on the grocery list, which recipe the item is for. I found this highly useful. For instance, when I have an ingredient I can't get at the store, I know not to buy the other ingredients for that recipe. Meal planning tools don't work for me in these apps, particularly. I'm just little more old, old school personally in this way. As I said earlier, I use the favorites button in paprika to save recipes I'm making for the week. And then I keep a little spiral notebook in my silverware drawer where I write out a handwritten list of the meals I'm planning for the week. I like the tangible visual in front of me when seeing all the meals laid out. Most planners, though, can simply add a recipe to a calendar on the app and you can name it as breakfast, lunch, dinner, or something specific. The last optional feature, which is a fairly big one for me personally, is a desktop client. Just as programs like Spotify, iCloud, Zoom, Evernote, Notion, and iTunes are accessible via via both your web browser and desktop or laptop computer app, Um, I also like having an app for my recipe manager on my desktop. I work much more quickly from my computer than I do smart devices, and I love getting into my recipe app and organizing it right on the desktop computer. While the Paprika app at the time of this episode is only $5, it does cost an additional $30 to access the desktop client. You're in luck, though, because as of right this minute, at the time of this podcast publishing, They have a 50% off sale going on, so you can get it for just $15. And this is a one-time purchase, not an annual fee. You can get the link for that in the show notes. By the way, I'm not getting any kickback for this app. I just am sharing what I love. Finally, the cherry on top of some of these recipe management tools is things like scale conversion. If you want to double or triple a recipe, it will easily do that for you. Um, some of them have built in timers, dis- distraction free screens, um, which would be like you you tell it that you're cooking and it will keep your iPad from turning off, which is great. That way you don't have to like use chicken fingers to try to get your screen back on if it closes. Um, and even step highlighters and a step highlighter would be um, as you're going through the app, you can kind of touch the screen on each step and it will highlight the instructions so it's easy to keep track of where you are. So just some little tools like that that you can consider um, when looking for something, just again depending on what it is that you want the most. Save yourself a bit of the crazies when it comes to all those recipes you have everywhere. Recognize what format you use the most, up your organization strategy, and dedicate a little time to putting everything in place. If you decide to go with a recipe management app like Paprika, I'm confident you won't regret it. Pick a system, be diligent and consistent with use, and find yourself feeling a little lighter and more put together as a result. Would you do me a favor? I don't ask this every week, but if you enjoy this podcast, will you take a moment this holiday season to jump over to your podcast app to rate and review the show? It's your ratings that help the podcast to become more visible to other teachers. Your five stars and reviews is the biggest thanks you could do for me this season. Find me online on Instagram at Amy Chaplin Piano or on Facebook at Piano Pantry. I would love to connect with you. Today's fun fact is a food one, and that is that I do not like proteins mixed with fruit. Like, for example, lemon or apricot chicken, pork with apples, or turkey with cranberry sauce. Ugh, that is just one flavor combination that I do not support or understand. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week.